Hello there and welcome to another Working Well Trust podcast. Today I'll be speaking with a client, Corey, about what to expect from working as a sales assistant. Welcome to the Industry Expert podcast with me, your host, Bucky, from the Working Well Trust. And I have a guest here today, um, Corey, who I actually used to work with um, as a client and Corey uh, was a sales assistant for a vape shop and worked there for how long was it? Four months? Uh, four months, yeah, just before I went back to uni. Uh, but, you know, it was more of a summer job. It was really interesting, though. A uh, really lovely environment and uh, mm. interesting work in sales as well. I've never done sales before, but mm. it's, uh, you learn like so much about how sales work and stuff like that, just and how people work as well, I think, from being doing that kind of job because you mm. deal with people like all day mm, absolutely dealing with people all day so obviously it's a customer service job um it's sales based so it's a sales assistant job uh, it's retail um and you you know you highlighted there a couple of things one that it was really focused on people and one that it was really focused on sales um would you like to just give us a little bit of um, a kind of walkthrough experience of what the focus on you know customers was, what that was like. The focus on customers, uh, basically, like that's what they said about me. That what they really liked is that I was very warm to the customers, as well. Like me, I like to I like to think I can kind of read a customer and like kind of get to, not every time it doesn't it work doesn't work every time, but mm. I like to think that I can look at a customer and be like and try to read mm. them and be like this is what they kind of like, this is what they don't like, and also I like to. I like to try and look, talk to them and see what and try to find their needs and then address those needs with what I have on stock. Mm. Like, um, you know, for example, like the main point of vaping, for example, is to quit smoking. If a man mm. comes in there and says, oh, I smoke 20 fags a day, like, you know, uh, 20, 20 fags a day. And then like, I'm like, OK, I'll give you something like ridiculously low nicotine, something really difficult to use. You know, it's probably not going to be the best where if I give him mm. something like a small pod system device, which is reliable and easy to change out the coils and everything, easy to use, but then it takes the thinner liquid, which is tends to be like the higher nicotine stuff. That mm-hmm. would probably be better for him. So that's why I think knowledge and like knowledge as well is really important. Mm-hmm. But also like customer care, I think is just, I think you need to, I think as well, I, I like to try to be a bit, a little bit professional at first and then like quite informal with them. Informal mm-hmm. because... I think if you're informal with them, you can have a conversation with them. And like that's the thing. Like, often I had conversations with customers that lasted hours after I made the sale because they, yeah. they really like to talk to me. Yeah. Like um but then just with them and, and then they like, oh, I'm gonna come back there. That's the thing. If you take care of them as well and you mm. get a connection with them, then mm. they're more likely to trust you. And then their trust, like you can like suggest things to them as well. You can be like, Oh, why don't you try this? or why don't you try that? And they're more likely to take your suggestions on board. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So many um, golden nuggets there for people wanting to get into sales. Um, Firstly, what I was really uh, intrigued by is the fact that you said you can read customers. Um, Not always. I like to to kind of read them and just like kind of be like, try try to be like, oh, do you like... Not, it doesn't always work, I'm not going to lie. Like, sometimes you get the odd one where you, like, you talk to a customer and you're like, 
and you're like do you like fruits and then they're like no i like tobacco and you look at them like really because like for example i find most tobacco people like what tend to be the really heavy smokers that were like or used to be heavy smokers that were like like in their 40s or something yeah and then one time i had this woman she had never even smoked before but she only liked tobacco flavors Mm -hmm. and i was just i found that a bit strange like Mm. you do okay like i mean that one i miss completely misread but like sometimes like like that's the thing you get to know what's good for different people like what's a good raspberry what's a good this and like you you got to read them you'd be like do you like raspberry Mm -hmm. like you know you obviously gotta ask first because there's no point going this is the juice for you but you know Mm. you're you could be very wrong Mm -hmm. but but i think also having in that kind of environment having a good list of like ones that are good for fruits ones that are good for desserts ones that are good for like different kinds of fruits like mango peach Mm -hmm. berries i I had a list of all different ones i knew the shop very well Mm. but like i think you kind of got to also like you got kind of when I say read a customer, you kind of got to be like, what kind of does this guy seem like a mango man? Does this guy seem like a fruits man or a berry man or a or just okay? Man? And like, and you when know. you're when you're kind of processing that, you know, whilst interacting with the customer, um, how do you kind of know how to trust yourself in your judgment of that particular customer? Do you just kind of trust yourself and trust you, trust your judgment in the moment? I trust my judgment in the moment, but that's why you always ask as well. You never just go, this is the juice for you, like I said, because if you just do that, then like you could be very wrong. And then, you know, then you've lost the returning and then that could, that guy's not going to return. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, absolutely. So you're always following up, say, a question, you know. Yeah, you always follow with, up with a question, yeah. Yeah, and you're being, you know, you're having that kind of, polite exchange where you're yeah, always you pe- you're checking. Obviously, if when I say you read a customer, I don't mean you just, like I said, I don't mean you just go, this is the juice for you. Mm. That, obviously, like it got, it gets a little bit like that after you've, you've seen them a lot. Like I had a guy and then I, I tried a new juice in the shop and it was amazing. It was called Korean Passion, Caribbean mm-hmm. Passion, and it was like a mm-hmm. fruits one. And then one customer, I did just do this to one customer. He was, he, I knew him very well though. I was on like first day mm. basis with him and everything. Yeah. And he came in, I was like, I have the juice for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like he bought it and then he came back next time and was like, I want stuff like just like it. It's amazing. Like, you wow. Know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't know them that well, you will, um, you know, suggest something, but then you'll, you'll never presume it. You'll just, you'll read it and then you'll, you know you'll double check you have to double check you can't yeah i mean it's good to sort of try to read them because like like i'm I'm not always right but like i find a good more than 50 percent of the time i say i'm probably downgrading it grading it a bit there but like more than 50 percent of the time like i tend to guess what they kind of like from just from how they seem like yeah like you know just from like like I remember, I'm talking to a guy. I'm showing him something like a pen, and I can mm-hmm. see his face. And I'm like, "Are you more of a pod man?" Because he was like making an ang- upset face. And I was like, "Are you more of a pod man?" He was like, "Yeah, I'm a more of a pod so, man." So, so just just for people listening, um, are these the different um, products in the vet? Different in products, the like different. Sorry, I didn't explain that. Like a pen's like uh, the ones where they used to think like a pen's like a button and you inhale. Uh-huh. A pod's like it's kind of similar to a pen, but it's like a pod. Yeah. Like uh, instead of like a tank, it's just a pod. And mm-hmm. um, like I could sort of like I could tell this man really didn't like the pen. So I was like, are you more of a pod man? 
Okay, you know, like, okay. You know, that's what I mean by reading people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, you know, so, yeah, so you, yeah, so you read the person and then you try to tailor the product to the individual. Yeah. It's very, like I see it as very needs needs led. Like you know, you identify what they what they want as well. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, like you know, you get those people that do just want something, don't even want to take your advice. They just go like, I want this, and those yeah. are the ones you kind of just got to let them go. Like you know, that's fair okay, so, you can try and so abide them. So some, some customers have very specific needs and some customers are much more open with their needs. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. You've said already that, you know, what's really important is um, reading the people and um, tailoring. Yeah. Tailoring the product, trying to tailor the right product to them. And like, mm. you know, and, and using your own judgment, I think that's kind of key. You need to learn how to judge, judge things and sort and, of. Yeah. And how, how did you learn to judge things? Trial and error, to be honest, at first, and just going by my own instincts. Like, um, mm. but I think experience also helps. Like at first, I was, I, I think I lost so many sales at first just because, like, I, in my type of job, there wasn't really much room because it was a very small company. There wasn't really much room to train you much, so mm. I basically got thrown into a shop by myself. Yeah. So I had to learn very quickly how to do the job. Um, I think in the first first week, I probably lost quite a few sales just because mm. I, I I didn't know how to interact with customers. I didn't know mm. how to read them. Mm. And like, I, I kind of had to learn how to sort of deal with people because yeah. like, I was, I was kind of very foolish. I remember the first, this guy came on the first day and was like, oh, I like this tank. Tell me about it. And I was like, oh, but that's a mouth to lung tank. And he, cause he had like a direct to lung tank and I, I didn't think it would be best for him. Could, could you just, could you just explain what those uh, products are? For the basically listeners? like a direct to lung tank is more like Heisha. Like, you know, you just breathe sure. in directly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But like the, the one that he was looking at was more of a mouth to lung tank. That's one that's more tailored like a cigarette where it's like, okay. where it's like, um, you breathe, so the, in, you breathe in the functionality is different. Yeah, functionality, the way you use it tends to be different. Sure. Although the what mouth to lung tank, you can get certain things to make it a direct to lung tank. But I didn't know this at the time. That's why as well, I guess a hole in my knowledge was. I think like I was going to tell you in a bit about knowledge, how important knowledge is. Mm, yeah. Because like me, I, okay. I almost like to tell a story sometimes when I'm when I'm like trying to pitch a product to someone. Like wow. for example, there was one that was a Caliburn G. Or like the original Caliburn, I'll be like the Caliburn was the most. Um, let me try to remember it now. What I used to say, yeah. I used to go like the Caliburn was the most popular device on the market for three years running, like for two years running, I think. And then the Caliburn G was next to it, but then I go, oh, but the Caliburn G, it came out and it now has become the most popular device in the shop. It's the same. It's more pretty much the same as the original Caliburn, just with a different coil style, and yeah. it has a bit more power. But yet the battery life is about the same. Mm. And like you know, I I tell these things. I be honest, I try to sell the Caliburn G more because. And just just I, quickly, like just to kind of pick up on the way that you were selling in in those moments, you were focused on. Um, you said like telling a story. So do yeah. you tell, do you kind of give a context of the product and contents of the product? Yeah, like a little background mm. on the product as well. Like uh, for example, what I should have done with the one I mentioned earlier, like. The one, admittedly, I was right in, like, for example, I mentioned the tank earlier. I was right. There was a direct, it was an after-lung tank. But what I could have said 
is that it uses something called Nautilus coils. And Nautilus coils are like the longest running coils on the market. They're tried and tested coils. They are great coils. They're flavorful. They they do the job. And you can actually get 0.41s that do work, work in direct lung mode as well. Brilliant. And they, and they and like, you know, just things like that, knowledge like that and telling that story really helps because then they can tell, they, it, that, that's what I mean by a little bit of being professional as well. Because when you say it, act like that and you tell them this, they look and think that he really knows what he's talking about. And then mm. when you're a bit, when you're talking with them as well, when you're a little bit more informal with them, you give them yeah. a joke here and there and stuff like that. They're like, oh, I can trust him. And he knows what he's talking about. So the more, that's more reason for them to trust you. Okay. So the key element that you're developing with the customer through is knowledge trust. is trust. Knowledge and a little bit of just being a nice person to them. Like mm. Just being nice to them is I think you develop like a trust with them and they mm. start to trust you. My only, my one weakness with that was is that I had a terrible memory and then people mm. would come back in and they got upset that I didn't remember them. <laughs> okay. But I'm not yeah. being funny. I saw like 50 people a day, like, you know, yeah, every yeah. day. So like some some I did remember. Like, I still remember a few names here and there. Like, but I, like they, they told me that I had to start, my, my boss told me that I had to start introducing myself. Yeah, because like, that's they wanted everyone to introduce themselves so they get so like you become the face of the shop. Yes, and then I was introducing myself, and then like in the space of like two weeks, I learned so many names. I only remembered about five of them. It was really bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was so you, had bad. Li- you had limited capacity, but I think that I, really that really bridges nicely into this idea of um, obviously you know it's a customer facing job, and you mentioned that you know the kind of being kind and nice was uh important as well but how i mean do you, is that natural to you is it was it also learnt? like how did you how did you um kind of put that into into the I think role being nice was sort of natural for me like i had to learn i think what i did have to learn what i got a lot better at was is that if it was up to me it's like I, i'm a bit of a softie that's my problem my weakness in terms sure. of sales sure like that, that's what my boss told me at one point he was like well, one of my bosses he was like i don't I, I have no problem with the way you work but the only thing i would say about you i wish you were a bit more cutthroat and i was like oh mm. like you know I, I was a bit maybe too soft and then like if like i i really wanted to give this guy a discount once because like he came in he said he's just you got attacked the other day and he saw me marks on his arm and everything like that wow and he always comes in he's a regular customer so i was like i wanted because he always gets disposables I wanted yeah. to give him instead of two for 15, I wanted to say, look, I'll give you two for 12. But then, like, my boss was there, so I was like, oh, I can't really do that. <laughs> wow, like, wow. Okay, like, so, so you want to be not, you know, you want to be nice, you want to, you want to give as much value to the customer as possible. Yeah. Um, and you I said mean, that was, yeah. I mean, sometimes, like, I, I, what I rate one of my bosses for as well is that, um, he sort of, he actually made kind of lost lost me a sale once, but then I didn't even mind when he told me the reason. This woman came in with his kids and stuff like that, and then like she had all the kids and everything, and she she's never vaped, she never smoked, she just wanted like a disposable because her friend had it and it was really nice. Yeah, and then we sort of advised her against it because disposables are a really expensive habit. Yeah. Disposables are like one time use vapes; they're like a really expensive habit. Yeah, and like particularly I, we, we, like she has mouse to feed you know like i was a bit annoyed but he was like i wouldn't get it he kind of talked her out of it and i was like why did you talk her out of it and he said well because she's got mouse to feed you know she's uh she's okay you know and i, I really respected him for that i was like okay that's that's quite if like i mean that would that, still 
yeah, is that a part of customer care then? Actually, I think looking... that's a part. I yeah. think that is a good part of customer care. Even like, even looking beyond your own needs, to sort of help the customer's needs. Mm, like that, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so, like in all, I mean, I think we've covered so much already in the fact that you know to be a good salesperson, um, you need to be able to identify the needs, read the customer as well as you can, um, have good product knowledge, be nice to the customer, tailor you know stories to the customer to you know develop trust with the customer um so i really feel like we've really nailed um the uh, you know what the job consists of and kind of how to do it well um what, what i might pivot to now uh, if i may is um that's fine what would you say um what would you say was the main challenge in the in the role. main challenge um the main challenge was just it wasn't really like a job that i had before like with jobs that because we it was very limited in terms of the, we only had two shops but there was only three of us working there yeah so like if i you had to be very flexible with your time mm -hmm. because like if i needed a day off i had to tell it like quite a bit advance and then like i i like and then like i what happened was like someone went on a holiday and mm -hmm. then there was two of us managing two shops like so basically we both had to work like the full week just because otherwise like the shop would have to close so sure sure like that was a bit challenging because like i had to be really flexible and that was the thing i noticed as soon as i took the job mm -hmm. like i was never really more busy in my entire life than before that like i was just so busy i was always doing something like every day yeah it sounds it sounds like it was so so busy and um, it's the main reason that it was so busy and you had that challenge because the because um, the shop was a small shop. I think, yeah, because it was a small shop and there was only a few people working there. Yeah. Like, that, that was the thing, I think. But to be fair, I also found that three people over two shops was about right for, in terms of wages. Yeah. Like, to be honest... This is going to sound a bit weird, but like when there was four people working there before, it's like the wages went down quite a bit. Like, due because, to a lack of hours. Yeah, due to a lack of hours. Like, because, I mean, what, it, yeah. the best what could happen is you work four days one week and then three days the next week. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not much compared to like when you're working quite a bit before. So might like, you say that? Yeah. So might you say one of the one of the um, benefits of working for a small place with not a lot of employees is that you know you'll you'll probably have more hours available. Yeah. But one yeah, of the yeah, downsides, the, the one down of the downsides, is that you might be called upon a lot and then have then kind of have inescapable responsibility. Yeah, that is kind of the thing. It's like it happened to me a couple of times where it was like, oh, I need this day off, and. Mm. Um, like it happened to me twice, I think, when I was working there. One time, I, it was my own fault because, like, I literally got told the day before that, like, I needed yeah. the day off. Yeah. Like, it, like it was circumstances that I was beyond my control, mm -hmm. and then like I tried to get it off, and then the only one who could cover me was said, "I can't cover you." Sure, sure. Also, so, I imagine week weekends is very very difficult to to not work. Um, so, would you say that you know if people are thinking about going into kind of sales assistant role they should expect to work at the weekend as well yeah i think that is definitely like you, i think you need to just 
I think with me, even I, I tried to have like at least one day off a week where I was like, this is the day that I have off. Yeah. And that didn't really work out. I needed to sometimes work that day anyway, just because, um, just because of shortness of staff. Like, sure. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. What What would you say was one of the big bonuses of being a, you know, being in a sales job? Were there any big benefits that you can? Remember? Uh, there was a very slight. Um, there was a very slight. What's it called? Like, um, commission. Like, not, okay. So not, you did get a, a little bonus, a little a commission. little bonus if you sold very well. Yeah, which it wasn't much, but it. it it did add up quite a bit if you did very well over like two weeks. It added up and it was quite nice. Was, sure. I, I bet mean, that I bet I bet that feels is, is was that was that quite a you know good incentive to, to sell as well? I find it is. Um it is a very good incentive. But then like compared but then the problem is is one of the shops was doing very well. It was my shop, but then the yeah. other shop it was strange. It was the opposite when I first started. Like my shop was doing terribly, but the other shop was doing well. But then, after like a month or two, my shop was doing very well, but the yeah. other shop was doing poorly. Even when there was someone working in both shops, yeah, it's like they'd only ever hit bonuses. Bonuses was basically we called it after we, after we got so much sales, we got a bonus. Mm-hmm. Like they only ever hit bonuses pretty much in my shop. They didn't do it in the other shop. Sure, like sure. no one and. I, it was kind of quite bad because they saw saw that shop, the first shop that wasn't doing well, as like the main shop. So that one yeah. has to be doing better than my shop, even though sure. it never was. Yeah. So I think they kept putting the bonus up as well. That's kind of the one thing mm. is that they kind of base the bonus on like above above the average. Okay. So yeah, it makes it, it makes it difficult to reach. It does. They try to make it not too easy to reach. Yeah. Sure, but then sure. it's like even as the shop does better and better, you're not really going to be earning more money, even though you'll be working more. That's kind of the thing that I didn't like about it. Yeah, I understand. That's that must be quite annoying. Uh, at the same time, um, I think it would be so interesting for people to to hear about how you actually got this role and whether oh, how, can... uh, yes, of course. Yeah, Sorry, and, I, 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 I and, that. no worries. And whether you I... can then offer offer any advice for. For people who who might be looking for kind of sales assistant jobs, I mean, I think this is the same with like a lot of jobs, is that you have to sort of. I find you have. I, I find a lot of sales jobs sometimes are advertised, but a lot of them, a lot of them people can get them from like what people call the hidden jobs market, where yeah, instead of they're not advertised, but if you come up to them and you approach them, this is how <laughs> I've gotten pretty much all my jobs is that I've approached companies. That's mm. how I. That's the thing. Like, it was coming to the end of lockdown. You did that yourself then, as well, right? Yeah. I, yes, I did. I was. It was coming to the end of lockdown, and um, I just started approaching local local um, vape shops. Mm-hmm. Like, sadly, they weren't open yet, so I was calling them up. I was emailing them and all stuff like that. I find calling them up or even turning up to the shop would be better. But this is during lockdown, so no one was open. Sure. But um, I did manage to like get. The boss's email for the job the place where i worked and then mm-hmm. i sent the boss my cv my cover letter I, obviously i come from architecture as well architecture is where like i learned how yeah. to apply to jobs yeah and like i took one of my old cvs and like i edited it and i put like a skyline of vapes instead of a skyline <laughs> and like yeah 
and like all stuff like that. I edited it and like. So, so you made it personal to that. Yeah, I made it personalized, and then like a lot of companies weren't really looking to hire someone, but luckily they were. And then he saw me, and he swore that I. And I was like, because I wrote, I wrote, I wrote a cover letter, cover letter. I couldn't say the word yeah. then, <laughs> but I wrote a cover letter and everything. And he was clearly tell that you know, I was very interested in the position. Um, yeah, then... I mean, in your in your cover letter, like, how did you address that, and how did you, um, how did you, convey your interest in the job? I I think I said something like. Um, I like you know I'm I currently taking the year out of uni and um you know I'm looking to get like an architect I'm looking to get and I keep saying architect why I keep I was looking to get like a shop a vape job in a vape shop simply because I know vaping has become something that has become a hobby of mine like you know I it started with a positive experience in me quitting smoking like I was yes. a very heavy smoker I didn't say how many I smoked in there because that. Some people and how many smoke today are a bit like, whoa, that's a lot. Like, yeah. you know. So like I didn't say that, but then like I just said it started with that. And then I've gone all the way from me building my own coils and making my own juice. And like, you know, I clearly showed that I had a good knowledge. Yeah. Better than most people. I mean, when I did start, I had a I find I had a good knowledge of devices, but not yes. the best knowledge on juices. Sure. But then that's kind of what I liked there is that they did kind of treat they did kind of get me to do things that sort of help my knowledge like they were like okay look through all the juices we have yeah find all the ones with menthol find all the ones with mango find all the ones with and like then i i'll be honest i i what i did then is i made like a list of ones what i would place them like what's a good mango one what's a what's a i mean i mean do, do you think as well that's quite important to find a job where you know you've got some knowledge but also the organization to... want to train you up in different areas where you're not as as hot i think that is good and i think any good company would do that personally um any company that just expects you to have all the knowledge off the top off the off of the from the start i think is yeah. a bit foolish i think that that's something that i kind of struggle sometimes with architecture with is sure. um when i was like sorry that i got that's a completely different subject um that's right. like, I find that's what I found with other employment, I should say. Like, yeah, other employment, they kind of expect you to know everything from the get go. Yeah, where I think a good employer, they they realize that if they train you in this and they learn, get you to learn this, it doesn't just benefit you, mm -hmm. it benefits them as a company. That's amazing. And just to kind of go back to the way that you got that job, so you approached the manager directly, and then you know, you wrote him a, a specific cover letter for that job and a, yeah. a specific cv for that role to be honest, it you... wasn't a specific cover letter it was the same cover letter i sent to every vape shop but brilliant 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 but it was like... a speci it was specific to vaping yeah um, specific to vaping yeah. yes and then you got yeah and then you obviously got that application to 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 him directly um and then how did things progress from there and then it was kind of weird. He just called me up one day and was just, he called me up at like seven at night and was like, oh, do you do you still want to work in a vape shop? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, oh, can you come tomorrow? Wow. It was very like last minute. And yeah. this is actually when I was like, this is just after lockdown. This is when I was on the way out. And I was like, I was like, I went and decided not to go out that night because I had to 
like prepare myself for the next day yeah and then i just turned up for a trial shift and then like i remember i was sitting there i talked to the guy who trained me and then i was like I, at one point i actually because i wanted to learn their products and stuff like that i was like what's their best product so i was like can i i bought like the their most popular juice uh which was i actually have some of it here now which is really good um not just to try it just to see what kind of quality were their products particularly like their most uh-huh. popular stuff mm-hmm. like and it was actually called boulevard it was by wicked liquor it was a really good one personally but like i did that and the boss liked that i did that as well because he was like he wanted me to get to know the shops kind of because it, it was it was a premium vape shop as well so that's kind of what was good about working there as well is that there weren't really any terrible liquids there were some that weren't that great but like if you knew what they wanted then you could sell them something good but so i'm going off topic now um but i found it was very like and then obviously like during the trial after the end of the trial shift i talked to the boss and he was like at, at first it was kind of weird because he said oh like if you want we can start this week or you can start next week and i said i would yeah. like to start next week because you know I, I would like some time before I start this job. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then uh, it was kind of weird. He ended up calling me. He's like, look, we've just had to let someone go. Can you come in this week? Yeah. And that's when I was just in a sh- shop by myself. And it was very difficult, to be honest with you. Like, particularly now during COVID, where vape shops aren't as busy as they used to be. Sure. It's like, I can't give you exact numbers of how much they earn, but like, at one point, my com- my company I used to work for was doing like a hundred people a day minimum. Yeah. Like now, now it's like fifty is a great day. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, yeah, the the kind of vape industry is taking a bit of a hit, as is probably a lot of other. Uh, yeah, because of yeah. So, like, as a result, they can't afford to have about three people in a shop anymore. Some shops will only have about one staff member. And that's yeah. why if you take this kind of job right now, you have to be prepared that you might be thrown in a shop without, and you have to learn how to do this. That is kind of... Yeah, so they don't have a lot of time or resources to train you per se. They're going to kind of throw you in the deep end. and They can give you tasks. If they're a good company, they give you tasks. Like, for example, they even paid me for this. Um, um, they got me to write a beginner's guide to vaping. Like, you know. Oh, brilliant. Just brilliant. like... A, just just to sort of get me because that was mostly what we dealt with people that were just starting to vape people that were quitting smoking so it was like just a beginner's guide to vaping just to test my knowledge and just to maybe improve it a bit yeah yeah i, mean, I bet and, that was really interesting and quite um quite a good challenge is, do, do you like, think as do you think as well it was you know the fact that you said you know you got offered a trial shift um the next week or that the, that very week do you feel like it was important to say yes to that opportunity i think it was it was very important to say yes um but also it wasn't really the next week it was the next day it was like it was it, it was more than 12 hours notice but he was like oh can you come in about three o'clock the next day and this was about eight o'clock at night yeah so it was a bit very last minute sadly Okay, but, but you took it, the opportunity, and then but it was, you know. they were in a dire situation. Someone, it looked like they were going to let someone go and stuff like that because he was a very terrible employee. 
just just quickly as well, um, just to kind of round things off, I think we've covered so much today, so thank you so much for the time. I'd be really interested to know, would you, what advice would you give to someone who's applying for a sales assistant job um, in how to adapt their CV for the role that they're going for? Um, very similar to other CVs. Like, um, I, I personally believe having just a Word document CV is a bit boring. Yeah. Like, I like to maybe design it a bit, have some color, stuff like that, maybe, or maybe not color, but then at least have it very organized. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm more of a shower in this kind of situation. I'm not really a teller. Like, sure. I just research, like, CVs and find... And, and maybe, like, that's the thing. I, if you do have a Word CV, at least have it laid out very well and also have any relevant things. Also, like... What do you feel like is a relevant thing for a sales? A sales like, system? for example, if you've done experience with, like, a car salesman, that's probably useful. Like, you sure. know, but also, for example, you, there's things that you wouldn't even you would be surprised of. Like, I, I actually argued where I come from architecture. Like, my, my background was being an architecture student and stuff like that. I, I argued that, like, I in sales, I was very good at, like, selling myself and selling my ideas. And I was very good at addressing needs and filling those needs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I kind of lucked out there where the person I actually emailed for my CV and stuff, he saw that I was from architecture and he was from architecture himself. Like, he had sure. an architecture degree and he was the owner sure. of the company. Like, he isn't an architect now, uh, but he signed of he agreed with me that architecture really helped me in sales. But, like um that's the thing so you um, so you use your experience in architecture to convey the fact that you were able to set you were able to sell yourself and sell ideas yes and that and, and you feel like that that came across well in the in your application and your cv yes i think that uh particularly in like because we had like an interview as well over the phone call as well yeah we, we he called me at eight o'clock and then he was like can i call you at 10 and he called me at 10 o'clock that night very last minute i know but like he then called me at like 10 o'clock at night with his manager who was mm -hmm. a lovely man um, he was probably one of the best managers i've had to be honest with you yeah he always did his best to try and make his staff happy but then yeah. like i talked to both of them over there and it was a very good interview and i was able to sell that point to them that night mm, like an uh, interview yeah also the how, fact that how did you, also... how did you do that uh it was it was more of a phone call interview because of covid and stuff like that how did you sell yourself well i sold myself and just i sold myself on two two fronts one my passion for vaping because i'm yeah. very passionate about it i i like at the time i become sort of obsessed with it because i didn't have a job or anything so i needed something to fill the void so, sure like and my psychologist actually told me to find a hobby it was strange the hobby i found was vaping and I, I was getting yeah. obsessed with it. I was doing like hundreds of hours, like research on just like wow. on vaping. And like, I kind of, what well, first I think I brought that forward and my cell for my cell was kind of like my, I have this big passion for it and I have this knowledge of it and I can use this Yeah. to then like, I then, but I can also sell myself and I moved and I also sold my part from architecture mm. where I sold how good I like, how I can sell myself as well as sell my ideas. Thus, I can sell my, I can sell products that I believe in. Sure. To clients. Sure, sure. So yeah, I I totally see the fact that you you kind of sold sold your passion and sold your ability to sell, 
Uh, yes. It sounds amazing. Just lastly, Corey, I'd be really interested to know. Um, um, I mean, what 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 impact, if any, did it have on your well being and your mental health working there? Like, what was the kind? What was that experience like? It was strange. Um, I actually had this conversation with someone not long ago. He he was a he was a guy there who left recently, but um, he didn't like it there. He was like, no, this is still stress. He was twenty one. Mm. Um, actually, no, I think he was twenty three. Actually, because he started when he was twenty one. Yeah, but like he said, it was so stressful. He said things like, "I'll go grey from this" and stuff like that. And he said it was wow. really affecting his mental health. But for right. me, I found it the opposite. I I loved it. I, for the most part, I never felt healthier. I never felt happier. Wow. Like, you know, I was. Do you think it's the case of finding the right fit for you? I think it is. In some, I think it is. Like I think maybe it wasn't the best fit for him. Sure. Even sure. though he was a good salesman, but his he was just sort of he was young and you know he wanted to he he was just it was his first ever job and you know like he was a bit young and i think he i don't think he had really tasted the real world before this like you know sure sure so having some experience can kind of protect you from yeah um, i mean you know I've, i've worked some i've worked quite a few jobs i'm almost 30 you know like i've I've been around the block a few times, you know. Sure, so it kind of helps a little bit. It does kind of help a little amazing, bit. Like... Amazing, amazing. I can, I can totally imagine that, and I, I can kind of see that from personal experience. Well, Corey, thank you so much for today. Um, you've absolutely wowed me, and I'm sure you'll wow lots of other people and give them lots of valuable insights to take away on how to, um, on what to expect from doing a retail sales assistant position, specifically in a vape shop, but I think it can be applied to most sale positions and yeah you've been an amazing guest so thank you for being on the industry expert podcast hello and thank you for listening to another working well trust industry expert podcast if there's anything you'd like me to cover in future podcasts please email me over at bucky b-u-k-k-y at www.trust.co.uk thanks for listening and see you next month (music) 